Meet the frog. Meet the frog. Well, the novelty hasn't worn off from being able to play this thing, hear this thing, and then talk to the person without having to pretend that we can't hear it because everyone has to have kind of an Oscar before I go uh, and invite them on the podcast because I have to be good at acting. Not the point. Will the novelty wear off on that thing and will I stop mentioning it? No, probably not. Um, so my next guest, and again, it's kind of a co-host. It's me, the fan, but it's not really. And this is a guy that, uh, you know, we became blood butter brothers. We bonded well. And anybody listening to the podcast from here on out who likes Irish accents is about to have an absolute eargasm for the people that can't understand Irish accents uh, they're going to have their translator out this is a man by the name of Rob Hogan and he was an absolute hit on our Green Bay Packers tour Rob buddy what's going on how's it going Steve thanks for that intro I did actually have to I was going to bring a translator with me on the next trip there's a <laughs> one of the lads asked us it was myself and Jason in a taxi on the way over to uh the airport on the morning of the trip and he yeah. said how come I could understand you last night but I can't understand you now when you're together <laughs> it's, just, it's the slurred speech after a few spotted cow it's amazing <laughs> uh, we're really playing into the stereotype now aren't we I'll just have you know what I haven't got an Irish music sting but I'll add it in after I mean you can have a Rydell jig I was going to say to you we should you know because there was a guy um and I was going to mention him by name, but I'm never too sure about if people want to admit that they like the podcast. Um, and I was going to say to him, he loved these the Packers limericks. And I was going to task you, Rob, with coming up with a Packers limerick. Um, to but I just think that's too Irish. Um, yeah, and did you get did you get that in Green? Man. Yeah, but that's yeah we can't spring that on someone. <laughs> um, but did you get that in America? People go, I love your Irish brogue. Do you get that? Oh, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was one woman sitting in front of me, and she said, "Could you just keep talking, please?" <laughs> As she derobed. Um, yeah, I said, yeah. <laughs> no, no, just keep talking. <laughs> I used to get that at the at the UK Packers meetups, which we're having a lot of this year, by the way, which I still have to try organise a meetup for Glasgow. People keep asking me, um, oh, is the Glasgow meetup going ahead? The short answer is, I've no idea because I'm trying to organise venues and they keep turning me away. Uh, you know, like G- before Jesus was a baby. But Rob, <laughs> there's a reason why we've so many patties on the Packers <laughs> Paddy podcast here. It's because... Uh, you kind of stood out to me as obviously a great talker, um, a guy with a lot of stories. Um, so I just think, you know, what better person to have on? Because the thing is, is have we been missing for like, a w- I say a week, but it's actually two weeks. Yes, it's because I was sick as a dog getting back from the trip. And do you know what? It wasn't the drink because it was actually the most healthiest I've ever been over there. I don't drink a whole lot and people find that hard to believe. But the spotted cow, it must be the hops or the atmosphere or maybe just the copious amounts drunk that I just break through that pain barrier. You know, like the kind of lactic acid thing when you're doing a marathon. If you can break through, you can carry on. I feel like I got to that stage with drink over there. So it was great. Um, so it was fine. I don't know what it was. I It was the flying or something when I got back. I was dying. And not to yeah, be I think it was to... the jet lag more so than yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You're the same. The, the the Miller Light I think was the same. Myself and a few of the guys had Miller Light all weekend, and it just seemed to dissolve nicely rather than <laughs> end up with a headache. Yeah, I don't know. It just becomes part of us, and it gives us a healthy glow. Um, Although someone once said to me, "said you don't get a hangover on holidays; you only get hangover when you're at home." <laughs> <laughs> it must be dealing with consequences when you get back like bills <laughs> parenting you know the usual um but yeah look you're the perfect example really because i wanted to do a recap show i actually wanted to do a show um in green bay now i got a lot of footage and my partner joan was there so she was to pick up stuff on the instagram and all the rest but i always have the i always bring all the audio gear but i never get my finger out and be you know recording stuff and all the rest because it's always late or i'm kind of worse for wear or we're up early or i'm organizing stuff because 
you know, contrary to popular belief, people think that it's a jolly, whereas for everybody else, it's a jolly. But for me, there's a bit more kind of organizing that goes into it. And that's exactly what I want to talk to you about, Rob. You yeah, came over you on your own. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it showed. You know what I mean? The steam you know, coming out of my ears. It was very obvious, actually, to be fair. Yeah. By the disorganization and the lack of answers. No, I, I hope that I hope Quite I get the answers. <laughs> Thank God. Um, so, yeah, I guess I wanted to get you on because what I always say to people, and I don't know if this it's, it's always sticks at me. If I wasn't running the UK Packers um, and doing the trips, I don't know if I would come to a meetup or if I would go to a trip. And I'm always very, you know what I say, like if you're writing a novel, write about what you know. And I find that with organizing meetups, I think I try to put people at ease that we're not yeah. a bunch of psychopathic weirdos and you're not handing your cash over. Because first off, the cash doesn't come to us anyway. It's nothing to do with us. Yeah. We're not travel organizers that go straight to the people that organize a trip for us. And we know it's not as if the money comes to us and then we sort of give him a cut. It goes straight to him. We just have to organize it through a tour operator uh, so that we get everybody over and we have a reliable amount of numbers. So you're in Ireland in the middle of uh, Tullamore in County Offaly. Mm-hmm. And right you, in the middle of it. Yeah, so you, you have this um, aspiration to come to Green Bay. What's going through your head, Rob? Myself and my wife had said for my 40th last year that we would go, but then um, we got the good news of our second child was on the way and it was coinciding with Rose being pregnant around at that time. So we said we wouldn't. But having said that, I had seen um, on Facebook the UK and Irish Packers group and had uh, joined it and it was only when I started seeing all the pictures and photographs and videos of you guys being in Lambo the last time that I was kind of like, this is actually real. People really do this. And even the impression I got from looking at whether it was right or wrong was that there was a lot of people who were not familiar with each other, but seemed to be making friends along the way. Now, myself, I was one that I would travel on my own. Yeah. But as you know, and as Ben from Touchdown Trips could uh, certify, that I had an awful lot of questions about what it's like traveling on your own and what exactly goes on because if I was going to be putting uh, money towards it this year and like that as I say we've two kids so every penny is precious but yeah. if we were put, putting myself in the trip I wanted to make sure I was going to get the best experience I could for the money I was putting on when I got to see Lambo I wanted to get in every little detail I could and all the trip uh, all the oh I've kind of put it to get every aspect I could out of Green Bay on one trip so that if I go back again I'm going to be able to go right now I just want to relax and watch a game yeah yeah exactly yeah and you know what and that all resonates with me i think and that's what puts the pressure on me i think when it comes to the trips is that i know first off as you say people have different circumstances but a sort of recurring theme and what you picked up on is right and often other people do go on their own so they kind of look to me or look to the group to say like here's a dream i've had for 25 years can you not ruin it (laughs) so it's kind of like uh sure yep do my best so that's the thing is that i'm very conscious and i know with yourself me and you spoke on the phone um before you came over i hopefully answered your questions about coming over and put your mind at ease Um, and like i I had a lot of emails to and from with you and a good few not as many now to ben but a, a lot with you and all the time i got an answer back very swiftly which i was very appreciative of because um particularly after I booked it, because at that stage I had excitement levels that were getting higher and higher as the trip got closer. <laughs> well, like with that as well, with my own personality, I've always found that like I have a little bit of apprehension to make sure that everything goes well yeah. and goes smoothly. Um, I'm not a very good traveler. I don't like flying and everything like that. So I didn't want that to be an aspect of overtaking it. Mm. Um, and whether I'm jumping the gun on the chat here or not, but even like the likes of the travel to London, to Chicago, then from Chicago to Green Bay, and then from Green Bay back to Chicago and Chicago back to Dublin, it was 
for me, it was smooth and, you know, I forgot about it, which was lovely because it really meant I was able to soak in what I was there for. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. is You know those ads where, like, uh, Mandy was paid a gratuity for whatever? Like, <laughs> just, to, just to clear up for people, um, Rob is certainly not going to, uh, is not being paid for this. Not I don't know, Rob, not unless you had different expectations and you're expecting a sort of, you know, a PayPal to ping your thing. No money missed. Um, but the thing is, is that uh, hopefully what we get here is, is we get finally a kind of a comprehensive guide on, you know, traveling on the trip alone and just how, how you felt about it from the beginning because i think you're you definitely stood out more so because you're a fellow paddy which is great um but also the fact that i could sense that you were like right lads i want this to go well you know don't screw me over here um with this type of thing and not, not that that's i guess not that's the way you were but i know you had questions and you had the same questions that would run through my mind and more um if yeah. i was coming on the trip so you were like the epitome of me if i wasn't running the group <laughs> so it's it's great to see so look what I'd like to, I guess what we'd like to get across to people is, is that if, you know, if you're coming on a trip, normal to be apprehensive, it's normal to go on your own um, and it's perfectly fine to ask a bunch of questions. Um, and as well as that, yeah. so the travel arrangements that got to me, especially this is more so as an Irishman, because I think uh, some of the guys from the UK, depending on where they're coming from, don't really have it. We had to fly from Dublin to London and then stay overnight and then go from London uh, to Chicago and then drive from Chicago. I didn't find that too bad, Rob. I don't know about you. The only thing that concerned me was is that when I went and I got to the hotel, which was uh, amazing, uh, the Holiday Inn, uh, if, if I remember yeah. right, and you want to go, eh, uh, we, you know, we got you a nice room uh, right beside the runway. And I was like, oh, yeah. great. And then I was like, hold on a second. Planes are noisy. <laughs> so I was kind of apprehensive. Yeah, we were told we had a lovely view and then went up inside the runway. <laughs> <laughs> just see all this jet fuel spewing out in front of your window fantastic uh leave leave those windows closed but it was fine the the hotel was great and we got to sit there and have a few pints but that that's the thing as well is that before the trip we have a whatsapp group which is not everybody's bag because it's certainly i don't know about you rob but annoys do you ever get added to those whatsapp stag oh, yeah. groups and it's just banterific yeah. from the very beginning but this was actually one i was looking forward to joining yeah you know, I was, uh, again, I think it was Ben had said it to me one of the days, and I think you said it then later on. So I was waiting for the WhatsApp group to be added because yeah. I just wanted to, at least then, you, I, I knew then you could kind of throw out more questions and um, you'd always be one or two who would jump in right at the start of it and say people that had been there before. So you could kind of, I don't know whether latch on to them is probably the right term or not, but you could just read it, scroll through, see what people were recommended to do and so on. Yeah. And there was actually one lovely moment um I found when we were sitting in the hotel in London, um, myself and one of the lads from the UK, we were sitting chatting and then another Irish guy, Jason, came along as well. And uh, Phil, I think it was that we were chatting and Phil had booked uh, the history tour, uh, the trolley tour. And we went around the table that were there after pulling in a couple of tables together and everybody seemed to be doing it so there i went on straight away and booked it and then jason went on straight away and booked it and then ken that night when we went back up to the room yeah. ken booked it yeah so it was just a case of oh cool you're going and you're going and you're going and these are like four people that i had only met that day and in jason's case only a couple of minutes earlier mm. so it was just i felt straight away like yeah this is a trip and a group you want to be with because everyone was kind of saying come on you have to come on this one and we should do that and there was a real sense of unity there as well. And even the simple things like getting an Uber seemed to be, a, went through the WhatsApp then, I, you know, someone up, up, I'm in the lobby, is anyone coming to Green Bay or coming down to the stadium and whatever, because I'm calling an Uber in five minutes or have one booked or whatever. So yeah. there was that real uh, community and looking after each other's uh, sense of the weekend as well. 
See, that's what I like. And I don't know whether it's, I don't think it's an Irish thing because I know the Paddies, like we've always been, I don't know, you know, we go to a foreign country and then we go, oh, there's a lad in an Irish jersey and then we become best friends yeah. forever. You know, it's always that kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> and it maybe, I think it is a British thing as well. Like we kind of all uh, click together, but I don't even think it's that. It's it's really odd. I think it's it's a mixture of, it's like what they say, you know, when you're in, in secondary school or high school and you go and you're kind of lumped in with a bunch of lads to become your best mates. But it's kind of when you go on to college um, or and I know it's, it's different in Ireland because we have the whole ga thing. It doesn't really exist in Wicklow. Um, that's something that only an Irish listener would get. Um, but, yeah. you know, because we don't really bond over. Well, we bond over misery. I'm not being good. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, like minded people. And I think that's what happens on these tours, too is that I'd love to be able to take credit for it and say, oh, well, it's just impeccable um, organization. But the thing is, I think if you're going to come on one of these trips, especially if you're going to come solo, I think you're more open. And maybe you can answer this better than I can. You're more open to wanting to do things with people and everyone kind of clubs together. And, uh, you know, we all love the Packers. We all have, we all have, look, it, you, I don't know about you. And it, again, maybe it's an Irish thing that we can just talk a mile a minute. Uh, which people don't know from the podcast, but I find that um, you're never short of anything to talk about because I know you had, uh, you know, two beautiful little kids, a devoted wife, and then on my side of things, it's nearly identical. Uh, the only thing is, yeah. is you know, we have different genders of children. Uh, but apart from yeah. that, we could go back and forward on it, and you had an awful lot in common with my partner, but then some of the lads had kids and all of that type of stuff. But if all of that fails and some of the guys don't have kids and all that kind of stuff. You always have Packers or football or NFL in general or sport or music. or Like, it's amazing that there's never anything short to talk about. I don't know if you felt the same. You could bounce from person to person and never well, have an awkward silence. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I felt like I got to know everybody on the trip on the same level, if you know what I mean. I didn't feel yeah. like I was anyway more connected to one above the other by the time we came home. Um, and I remember even using uh saying for phil and vicky that were on the trip and again i hope they don't mind me calling their names but uh, when i was on the way from chicago to just after i got off the plane in chicago my wife had whatsapp me to say she had been in the doctors uh, late at night with my our young man who's only 18 months old yeah and uh that his temperature had gotten to 40 just over 40 i think at that stage so and he had been unwell two weeks previous to that mm. and so i would had to say to rose look i'm leaving uh the, the airport now and we'll be at the hotel in three or four hours so I'll catch up with you then but I was very anxious but Phil set, stepped in and I'm sure Vicky was nudging him along the way as well and just said here Rob we've loads of data tether to my phone you'll have WhatsApp the whole way so if there's any change or if you want to just check in and I just thought that was one of the nicest things you know on trips or on holidays or it was one of the nicest things that's ever been ever anyone's ever done for myself because it would have been like three or four hours of pure worry and anxious and waiting yeah. to get to the hotel to be able to see how our little man was doing but it was just symptomatic of the whole weekend, as I say, it was it was lovely. And I, again, I say for myself to travel by myself and the intention would have always been for myself and my wife to go. Yeah. But when it wasn't happening that way this time off, because we sat down and said, look, it's for various circumstances, it might not happen next year and it might not happen the year after. So Rose said to me, Rob, you just go on your own. And there was a little part of me, and I've said this to Rose, so I don't mind saying it in the podcast. There's a little part of me going, okay, well, you know, for my first time, I'm quite happy to go on my own because yeah. you, you, for one, you know you're either going to meet like-minded people and or, adults, or else you can kind of set your own agenda and go and do whatever you wanted yourself. So just make sure you get the best experience you want out of it. The one thing I learned from the trip was that from my mind, you know, there's 27 people on the trip and there was some who had been there before, but of the guys who hadn't been, they all had the same agenda as me, which was 
soak up as much as you can, relax as much as you can, have a few beers when you can, watch a college game when it comes on, spend as much time down around Lambeau and the atrium and the pro shop and the stadium view bar and all these places as you can. And so it was so easy to mould in having gone on my own. Yeah, because I find that as well, because Joan, uh, you know, more frequently comes to some stuff with me and I'm sure Rose is the same. Uh, you know, yeah. the ladies can fit in. There's other girls that, that uh, you know, come on the trips and I, I guess we can stress that from the outset as well. I mean, there was Phil and Vicky. Um, there was other couples there as well. Uh, and, you know, there was the usual uh, Jill and Charlotte who always come over as well. And they, they always, you know, they're kind of, I don't know, they're, they're packer, they're part of the furniture here in the UK, packers, I guess. And they know their stuff. Um, they don't play them in fantasy either. They're a nightmare. And they kill you every time. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to have them there as well. So, you know, if anyone's sort of apprehensive about bringing the partners, but there is an element, I think, that especially if your partner's not super invested um, and is a massive fan, like, say, Jill and Charlotte, is that you don't have to, but to be a... I don't know, for me anyway, to feel like you're a good partner. There's an element of babysitting there, I guess, to go, this is Rose, and you kind of shove her out in front of people and say, that's a story. And you might find that a game. You might explain stuff or, you know, give them the nuance. Now, Joan was there with me this year, and there was there, there is an element to that, and I enjoy doing it. But for some people, like you say, if this is going to be the trip that you've been waiting for for 20, 30 years, you know, you're probably better off soaking it in to a certain degree, depending on what type of holiday you want. But... um. I think that's important anyway to, to discuss at the start. And I think you've given a good depiction of how you felt. Let's get to the trip. You've been to the States before, right? So the Americanisms and the weirdness that is America to an Irishman wasn't out of the blue for you, right? This is all no. stuff that you've seen before. Yeah, although having said that, like I was trying to describe it to one of my friends on a text the other day and I was saying that Green Bay is the most unique atmosphere of an American, and I, I'm using quote marks here, even though you can't see it, but like it's to call it a city, like Tullamore has, I don't know, a quarter of the amount of people at Green Bay, and Tullamore is not even close to being a city. Yeah, it's the most unique vibe and most unique atmosphere. It, it has everything about it has small town until Sunday of game day. It's nuts, isn't it? I mean, to see everybody yeah. go around in the Packers gear really struck me, especially if you're if anyone's lucky enough to go a couple of days before, stay a couple of days after. The, the buzz of the game obviously dies down, but people's lifestyle remains the same. There's Packers, everything. There's babies with Packers yeah. stuff on them. I mean, it's like Green Bay just got sick. I'll tell you what, it'd be something else to be the merch guy who sells Packers oh. gear because to see the amount of money that's draped on people, because yeah. we'll get to the pro shop now soon, um, Rob, but that stuff is not cheap. <laughs> Dear Jesus <No>. Christ. <laughs> um but like, yeah, like you say, because people said it to me as well. They're like, oh, why Green Bay? Or what do you find unique about Green Bay? Like would you say, it's parallels to Ireland in the sense that it's it's really green. It's a dairy state. Um, they're big into their farming. They kind of have that like open door policy. For instance, we stayed with friends that we'd met the year prior. Yeah. Um, Anne yeah. and Mike uh, Duchenne, which are just amazing people. We went out on the Fox River in Green Bay, the bay itself, on a goddamn boat. I mean, you yeah. know, it's that type of stuff. Um, and there was another guy, Nigel. So he was staying with friends as well. So friends that he'd met, uh, you know, a couple of years prior, he kept in contact. And all of a sudden he's in their spare room. Um, yeah. So uh, Hotel J Green Bay is where you stayed. Did you find that central enough for you to be able to get around? And what did you do using that as a base? Were you able to Uber around the place? And what did you see around Green Bay that wasn't Lambeau Field? 
Well, I couldn't believe that the airport was behind and it was actually everyone was saying there's the airport and it wasn't until Saturday morning I took out, I went for a little stroll up and down the street we were on and like it was eight or nine o'clock Saturday morning. There was no cars on the road. It's like a six yeah. lane highway outside the hotel. There was no cars. I was like, what's the point in this? And then, uh, then it was only walking up past McDonald's that I, that I said, there's the airport. That's mm. like, it's smaller than Southampton Airport from what I could see. Yeah. And our, the first drive in was, I just videotaped it actually to show it to friends here at home because I wanted to show them like how small town it is but yet I don't mean small town in a bad way it's just it's so picturesque and pretty and everything yeah but uh, Hotel J was 3.2 miles from Lambo for me that was perfect um I'm presuming if we went in anywhere closer to the city you'd pay an awful lot more and yet like an Uber was five minutes we never waited more than two minutes for an Uber yeah and with the dynamic of the group you were never on your own in an Uber bar you wanted to be. Um, and it was, I think, $16 was the most we paid. So, I mean, four or five quid. That's the only thing that I would say that if I was going back, I'd be setting up my own Uber account because I didn't have one and I wasn't familiar with it because of where I live in Tullamore, it's not needed. Um, so I'd never have it. So that's the only thing I would say to anyone from the Irish side of you is yeah. that to set up your own Uber account so that you make it a little bit easier. You don't feel like you're kind of dragging off one or two of the other guys. But uh, so like three or four quid ago, and I mean, I probably got maybe six or seven Ubers throughout the whole trip because once you went into the Lambo and into the pro shop or into the stadium view, into the stadium view, you're kind of, that's where you wanted to be anyway. You didn't want to be running in and out and in and out anyway. Um, so Hotel J for me was perfect. Nice and quiet, far enough out that you can get a good night's sleep because again, the time turnaround is so quick that like the little bit of sleep you do get, it's important that you can get a good, quiet night's sleep. Um so, yeah, from that point of view, Hotel J is perfect. And as well as that, I think, so speaking of pro tips, one of them is to have your own Uber account, which is nice because, and as you say, between four people, it's like four quid. Another one, oh, as yeah. an Irishman, um, is to get a UK SIM. So, uh, you know, and again, that's something that can be set up in the WhatsApp group. And it's something that I had just because I needed GPS because there was, you know, a couple of the tours that we went on, I've actually driven the buses. So like, I was sort of thinking, <laughs> if I don't know where I'm going, like I'm goosed. Um, so I got a UK SIM because three in the UK do this freedom only plan. So like you get, you know, all you can eat data even in the US, whereas Ireland, the old paddies, they don't give us the same deal. And I was even I talking to the guy in three. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, no. I was, I get that unless I had to connect to Wi-Fi and I hated being that guy walking into somewhere going hello what's your Wi-Fi code <laughs> oh by the way can I also have a coffee uh, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's annoying yeah and that's what I found because I think I got stung the first year as well um, but I never even thought about to mention it to people because we don't have a lot of paddies that come over with us you know we've one or two every year whereas there was a massive sort of paddies contingent and then um, Hotel J Green Bay were never fixed on a hotel every year we were staying at the Radisson for a couple of years and then we went to the Best Western and now Hotel J um, and it seems to be fine. So sometimes there's credence to being closer to, you know, ho like the Best Western is is basically you can see Lambo when you walk outside the door and that was fine. Uh, but sometimes the prices go astronomical uh, on game day and all the rest. And then other times they stay out by the airport because the Radisson is out there and that's where the players stay. So some people yeah. like to hotel it over there and get autographs. But you mentioned, Rob, the um, Heritage Tour this that for you what that was a, that was a late booking and then when you did go on that tour what did you make of it i loved it um and yet i'm not as uh into the history of the packers as maybe you would be yeah but uh after it you feel a little bit more invested in it or something it's hard to describe when uh, i have a picture that uh, i've kept of curly lambo's house 
where he was born in like and just when you really see I just keep telling people the story of the Green Bay Packers of how many shareholders how many people are in the city how many the stadium holds um, and trying to give people the dynamic of how insane it is that this stadium this franchise operates in this small town and I think the reason I'm telling people now since I've come home is because of the trolley tour yeah because it's just like there was so much that I didn't know and so much of the the magnitude of what you're actually there to see made more sense having done the trolley tour like you said it in the whatsapp group and you said it to me the day i spoke to you but well. you said that for, as far as you're concerned that was essential that was something you should do and i'm of the same opinion um and when i was just before i got on the bus and i was thinking i wonder is this going to be for me because i'm more say brett Favre, just before he joined green bay onwards as the packers fan just because of the way sky tv started showing it over here um but certainly I, I, that's something that you know I'd be putting on every tour itinerary if I was to be running it the next time off for anyone that's on it first time and even I think the next time I go back I go on that trolley tour again mm. you know because I think you'll learn a little bit more the second time off yeah I wouldn't mind a refresher uh, now if anybody wants to see it in book form I have the book it's a hardcover Packers Heritage Trail it's by Cliff Crystal um, so you can actually get the book and, and read through it um, now again it's it's like one of those things you can pick up and kind of knock a chapter out you know in the middle of it or whatever someone told, told me what was it uh, it's good toilet reading and I was like mm, <laughs> uh, probably wouldn't be promoting that that's not going to be on the sting on the front cover of your book great for in the jacks yeah, yeah. <laughs> having it's, a poo it's a, better, it's a better book than that <laughs> yeah. yeah you wouldn't want to uh, sully it with that type of fragrance um, yeah. but yeah I found that great as well and I don't know you see I wasn't sure whether it was because of because you know yourself you can have a good tour guide bad tour guide but the thing is is like you say i'm a massive history buff anyway um you know going back to roman history archaeology all the way through medieval times i'll literally pick up pompeii pick up any history book and i'll just get lost in it and it's really acquired taste because i know when we do the 1919 raffle where we have march items like we could have demarius randall and that would you know the slots would sell out for that within 10 minutes even though he was a bit of a shite hawk and then we could have <laughs> someone you know jerry Kramer. now jerry Kramer was 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 quite good but say paul Hornung, which i'd be like or horning um i'd be like oh geez i'd jump all over that if i wasn't yeah. running it but then it's sort of it's the you know it's slower to sell so you never really know what sort of uh you know pushes people's buttons yeah but i found a heritage trail brilliant um what else stands out to you that wasn't game day-esque for you? Or does anything stand out that you're kind of like, this is not something they tell you about, but this is something that I feel you should know that is a great attraction in Green Bay, be it stadium view or be it some sort of something else that's more formal, uh, you know, a place to eat. Is there anything that kind of stands out in your head to say, do you know what, you wouldn't think of it, but here's what you need to do. Um, the one thing I was saying to Rose this evening was that the, again, whether whether it was just naivety on my part, was that I was unaware that almost everywhere around the stadium is a sports bar. Yeah, I found that weird. I suppose I'm at the age where I go into have a quiet pint, <laughs> and you don't have quiet pints in Green Bay because everybody wants to talk about the game. This was on Friday when we went over. We went into is it Hinterland Brewery as well? Like yeah. that's good and loud, and it's hopping at six o'clock in the evening Green Bay time. Um, that was one thing that I found and when I say weird I mean it in a good way because everything is just bursting with life the minute you get over there um, I don't know I think when I got to the I remember getting out with the Uber at the on the Friday evening when we got to the pro shop and I remember just saying to myself okay just slow down so kind of let the day the evening and the next few days unfold themselves in front of me mm-hmm. um, because I think we did it all with the stadium 
tour with the trolley tour, uh, everything was placed perfectly. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm still undecided as to whether I'd like to have done the stadium tour on the Saturday or the Monday. But the only thing is doing it on the Monday, it meant that it was quieter around the area. Yeah. That we were in so i think that would have made it a little bit easier for us like all the tour guides were so good all the tour guides were amazing they couldn't help you enough they couldn't get enough pictures taken either with you or for you um it's hard to describe the welcome that's one thing that you'll never actually get to understand until you're there um everything about it was just so unique uh, some of it was so big and yet some of it was so intimate yeah see it's great hearing this coming from you because i do feel like i have a different perspective with being involved in running the group because like yeah. i would because what's great for me is and i don't know if people want this insight is that i'll be standing there and then all of a sudden someone from the group will smack me and say steve there's a guy called dave at the fence he wants to talk to you and i go <laughs> okay and then i go over and it'll be at dave cushion face 79 or whatever on twitter <laughs> and he'll have spotted that we're there he'll see the videos and he wants to come over and say hey so then i'll be yeah. chatting to him and it's amazing and like one of the guys this year was mike Carts. he's a listener to the podcast and he i knew in advance that he was going to be around and we were at the tailgate and he came down to the tailgate with his his brother and uh, friends and family members and all the rest and i got a picture with him and it's one of it's pictures like that that i look back at and go jesus christ that was amazing because it was just yeah. some guy i would have never met in my whole life different part of the world uh but sat there and i could have spoke to him and he's and he's posse let's call him um for forever because it's just it just like you say it's it's the warm welcome that you just can't fathom and even we went walking around we so we came out of the tailgate didn't we uh us yeah. a, a bunch of paddies and we walked around the normal tailgate and again, we stopped and did a shot ski and the guy said, oh, you're from the UK and Ireland, Jay. And he was like, don't worry about paying. Usually you shove money into a thing. Initially, yeah. he didn't think big, tall Jason was with us. And I think it's because of his height. He expected all <laughs> Irishmen to be at least under five foot. And yeah. so he's like, no, no, you have to pay. And you go the next time. And he's like, I'm with them. <laughs> he's like, oh, OK, get in there then. I'm so sorry for Joan in that one, by the way, because I mean, I, I would class myself as tall at about six foot tall. But then Jason yeah. about six foot seven. <laughs> Where Joan was stuck between the two of us trying to drink at the same height. Yeah, and again, you've got to do two. Um, and as well, yeah. uh, video evidence too. Joan can, is convinced she didn't uh, get some spill disease, but there's some definite spillage uh, <laughs> down the down the front. Uh, but I, I actually that... just think there one thing as well that you said, is there anything that you would do mm. um, when you organised dinner for the 1990 restaurant on the Friday evening when we arrived? That's a must as far as a group. That's a yeah. must. Because although we didn't have a table all together, we were all in the same room. After all doing our own thing when we landed, whether some people went for a beer, some people went for a sleep, some people went to the shop, we all gathered as a group hmm. that evening after being in London as kind of a half a group or a quarter of a group the night before. And that was lovely because you put faces to all the people that were in the WhatsApp group and you got to shake hands and say hello. And so everyone stayed. That was a really good kickstart to the to a, a, an amazing weekend it's a good point too and again there is some reclusive people listening and they're you know they're withdrawing their uh deposits on next year's trip already thinking <laughs> oh, i don't know about all this interaction but the thing is there is people that come every year that elect not to be involved and i'm not going to be bad about it and say eh, no one cares but like no one would begrudge it no one would oh, no. you wouldn't really notice because they're like there are couples that go and they kind of want to keep to themselves and that's fine because not everybody is kind of i guess we're social butterflies in a way rob right we you know we flitter yeah. around between people and we love yeah. the chats there is people like there was one guy always stands out to me and i don't know if he's a podcast listener but he'll always stand out 
and I, I, he, I don't think he knows this. I'm not about to profess my love, although it does. The build up <laughs> sounds like that. Um, his name is Liberty and uh, just such an interesting guy. And he went and again, he he made it very clear from the beginning. He's not there to to toe the line with anything in particular. And not in a way he's like, come on, I'm not going to do your trip. He was coming and he was just like, look, I'm going to have my own experience. Um, I've dreamt about this for decades now. Uh, this is the way I imagine the going. So this is what I want to do. And I'm going to come in and out of the group kind of as I please. Um, and he made no bones about it, which is absolutely yeah. fine. Now, he, he categorically said it, Rob, which was amazing. Um, he sort of yeah. said, like, you know, I'm going to go off. And what he'd do was, is he'd say, right, lads, I'm going to head off. Actually, see you later. And no one said, oh, look, your man's not hanging out with us. He's not part of the crew. It's not. I, I don't know how you felt about it. It's not clicky like that. It's more relaxed that you can do as you please. Yeah. And you see, I, that's the thing I, I've, I found that, like, you as a group, you found the two or three people that wanted to do what you wanted to do at any one point in time. Mm. So you kind of do, I was probably with two or three guys, maybe all weekend, but there was always somebody different. And I'm sure someone said, well, God, there's Robert now. I haven't seen him all day or there's Stephen now. I haven't seen him all day. But you, you found the people that you wanted to do what you wanted to do with and you went with them. Alternatively, it wouldn't have bothered me if no one wanted to do where I want. If no one wanted to go where I wanted to go, that day, I would have just gone myself as well. And I wouldn't have felt like I was annoying anyone or offending anyone either. It was just it was that perfect dynamic of freedom to do what you want. But at the same time, you can do it with loads of people that are doing are, are like minded and want to do it in the same way. Because that's a worry. You know, because I often think uh, as, as a host anyway, what if someone uh, goes over uh, they don't particularly want to be lumped in with a bunch of people, but they don't want to be left on their own. And what if they want yeah. to do the trolley tour, but no one else wants to do it? And then they don't do it because they're like, well, I'm not doing it on my own, like a weirdo, you know. Um, yeah. But at least from what you're saying, anyway, that's not the vibe that you got. It's certainly not the vibe that I get. I guess, that, you know, the, the other consideration that I have, again, we're getting a nice dynamic here, I think, is because and I wonder the people especially that aren't Irish, think we sound the same. That's also what I want to know. Uh, let us know. <laughs> I'd say not. I think I was told a lot that my accent was thicker than everyone else's. You see, you think that, and then all of a sudden someone hears an English person talking, they're like, sounds the same. And you're like, one's Cornwall, and one is from <laughs> London, who's been trained by the BBC. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you see, this is the thing. I go off on a tangent then about accents, and we start cracking a few gags, and I forget where the hell I am. So that's the thing. You mentioned it there about the stadium tour. So there's the trolley tour, which is going around on that bus, and then it's the stadium tour, which is actually going into Lambeau Field, being brought around the suites. What I find weird about the Lambeau tour, and I don't know if this strikes you, but it strikes me every year. You know, we, and this is what happens. We, I can choose and to elect to do the tour before the game or after the game. We've done it both. And what I find was is that game day, I find now again, I want to hear what you feel about it. I find um, that game day is more impactful if you haven't been if you don't break the light down into the stadium and see all the people sit there. I would find that the stadium tour might take away from seeing Lambo and all its glory because you're seeing an empty stadium with no game day life. I don't know, Rob, how do you feel about it? Would you have preferred to do the tour and been okay to see empty seats or would you have preferred to do it as we did it where go to the game and then go on the Sunday and then Monday morning do the stadium tour? Any preference? I'm, I'm still undecided because I haven't had it, say, both ways yet. And I think I had it in my head we were going to do it on the Saturday. Yeah. The flip side of it was when I was in around the atrium on the Saturday and I seen the amount of people that were there I was a little bit like oh god I'm glad I'm not doing a tour today because there's too many people around for comfort even going in with a pro shop 
having been there on the Friday, I was uh, picking my moments going out to the pro shop on the Saturday because of the amount of people that were around. And it wasn't that it was congestion upon congestion. It was just I felt a little bit more intimate on the Monday. So from the crowd point of view, definitely I preferred it on the Monday. The other side of it was I was expecting to be a little bit more, be it, I don't know, choked up or emotional when I saw Lambo the first time, regardless whether it was on game day or mm. whether it was on the stadium tour, simply because it wasn't something that I thought I'd get to do for a long time. And a long time ago, I probably thought I'd never get to see it. So when I did walk out and I was in a seat on my own and I went into the stadium on my own. So when I did actually walk out and see Lambo in the sunshine with the players warming up and all the seats filling up around me, I certainly had a, I don't know, it was kind of one of those wow, look where I am moments and the hairs were standing on the back of my neck and whatever. And certainly at that stage, I was glad that I was doing it with an atmosphere around me and not an empty feeling of an echo. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, and that's kind of what I suspected. Now, again, I don't know... Because the thing is, you only get, uh, you know, the second, second, first impression, like you only get <laughs> one first impression. So I guess once we do it that way, that's the only way, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. And again, like and again, I'll pick your brain um, a little bit later as to is there a second trip on the cards or how you'd prefer to do it. But I always felt that that was the case because I, I don't know, I didn't want to let people down by they come in and look at the stadium and go, oh, great. And then they see it on game day. And it just because what always struck me about Lambo was is from all of the years, especially in-depth covering the team and banging out podcasts and articles and radio stuff and you know and then finally all of that falls away and then you you see the light because that, that's the yeah. weird thing about Lama that people well I'm gonna say that's the weird thing that people don't know I don't know if people don't know this because it's one of those things <laughs> people in exams always how do you know that have you spoken to someone who did the exam no you just assume that's the case but with Lambo is that it's dug into the ground so there's a certain portion of the stadium that that dips down which is so unique because you come in from um what do they call that uh, it's not the well I guess it's an atrium but Jesus Christ what do they call that sort of thoroughfare around the stadium before you enter it there's definitely a name oh on it. yeah I, I know it's like the Wembley way type of yeah have a Wembley as well yeah well it's basically where all the tailgating happens and whatnot the car yeah. parks and the car parks but when you go you go up the steps into Lambo and then you sort of hit it at the ground level but once you break yeah. the light into the stadium you don't just come in at ground level where the field is no matter yeah. where you enter, not unless you're actually running through the tunnel, you're looking down onto the field, which means yeah, that there's, you know, so there's not a bad seat in the house. And I just, that first moment for me was like, oh dear. And it was goosebumps stuff. Um, I don't think I cried <laughs> <laughs> if I did not saying it on the podcast. Um, so yeah. to, to break it and look at it. Um, so the game day atmosphere then, Rob, so you were on your own because you'd upgraded your ticket. Did you mind yeah. the fact that you were on your own and did you interact with people around you and what was the actual game itself like, that experience? I That was probably my biggest uh, query with yourself and with Ben over and back and it was probably the thing I was annoying you most on was how many have upgraded, how many have and where will I be sitting, where might I be sitting. This was the back and forth. This is in my mind because... I was thinking, for one, it's my first trip, so I don't know when my second trip will be, mm. hopefully next year or the year after. But um, and I say that, I hope in Green Bay will play London next year. <laughs> but um, I, my fear with the getting the upgrade was that I would be on my own. And the other t- side I was thinking was that, well, if I don't upgrade it, am um, I open the gods and not able to see the game properly? Mm. I wanted to see the game from side level view. That was my thing because I, I, I've been to Wembley for some of the NFL games. So I went, I was on my own, I was on the 45 yard line. So it was perfect seats, but there was no one around me. I knew everybody. There was a couple of Raiders fans and then everyone else was Green Bay fan. And 
mean, I was made, people were welcoming me in straight away. Of course, I wore an Ireland flag into the stadium. <laughs> that was a good iceberg. Um, and I walked into my seat holding two beers, not one. Um, <laughs> so they so confirmed I, your Irish identity straight away. But no, everyone was so nice around. I mean, I not only high fives and be it pats on the back and everyone to chat. And it was, yeah, it was it, it, indescribable, like the welcome that you got in the stadium and then game day itself. The game was, I don't know, I could be wrong. I could be looking at it through Rolston's glasses, but I think it's the best that we have played in Lambo in, I would say, three or four years. Yeah. Um, and it could be longer because um, I feel that that game that we lost in Seattle, uh, years ago when we threw it back I don't think that Green Bay the, that Green Bay side was ever the same so I think it needed this season with changes and everything to mould into where it appears to be going I was still very nervous because I'm still not sure if I trust where we are with that team at the minute even though their record is amazing um, so I had a huge level of apprehension and someone said to me you know going over it said did I have to win for this trip to be amazing and I said no I'm going to do something that I never thought I'd get to do yeah. but to see the performance then um, surrounded in a bunch of strangers who made me feel like I was one of them um, it was brilliant you know everyone was shaking and giving you kind of uh, some sort of a semi-hug when they were all leaving saying goodbye um, as well so like the welcome wasn't just oh you're here it was like I'm oh, sorry you're leaving yeah it was it was an amazing trip I have to say every every year it always surprises me because I'm like is this the year that like people start punching each other for no reason you know is this yeah. the year that people <laughs> don't get along because it's just been like I don't know. It's like been winning the lotto every year. Everybody gets along. Everybody has a fantastic trip. Obviously, there's an awful lot that goes into trying to facilitate that, but it all comes down to to the personalities that are there, how people get along. And we've never had a year where there's anything even rem- remotely hairy where, you know, two lads don't get along or people, because that's the thing, like you say, like, you know, a beer in each hand, you go in. I'm not a big drinker at all, but, um, you know, contrary to popular belief again, but when I go (laughs) over, even the last couple of trips, I haven't, it's not as if it gets boozy and leery and people are, you know, slamming shots, but there is a lot of drink taken. And the thing is, is this year was probably the the most I've drank on any of the tours. Um, And again, a lot of drink taken, but people tend to sway and be happy than decide to to have a bust up, which is nice. To be fair as well, like, I mean, I definitely of the, like I think I had four or five beers throughout the game so I was definitely the one that was having a few more than anybody else like I think most people have one or two like the occasion is the game yeah. the occasion is what's on the pitch I mean that's glaringly obvious once you're there all eyes are on the stadium while it's when I've been in Wembley before and it's understandable while you're in Wembley because you might be a Packers fan watching two teams that you don't root for so you sit there and kind of treat it a little like a giant TV screen and just go cool I can come in and out with this and have a beer <laughs> but while it's in the stadium it's what's going on in the pitch is the most important thing and that's very obvious from the people as well um, one thing that I found from game day and I was saying this to my wife this evening because we're still talking about the trip obviously uh, <laughs> I thought that when I went I'd get the itch you know it would be scratched and it would kind of diminish a little bit but having been on this trip I'm more looking forward to my next one. Yeah. You know, I know you probably have a, you have a, you have that maybe later on in the podcast. I'm not sure. But, and, and that's, uh, that feeling comes from game day, from mm. the atmosphere of the stadium. I can't wait to go back again. Yeah. And it doesn't go, Rob, to be honest, because like, you know, I've been on the, so I have my record is, is four and oh, going on trips. Well, four and one, I guess, because the first one I couldn't go on because we were buying the house. Um, yeah. And I know that that's documented that the bank manager's like, yeah, probably not a great idea, Steve. So, uh, yeah, I've went on four and I feel like, yeah, it's the same. Now, obviously, the first time you, you break the light and you look at the stadium and you see it all and you see what goes on, 
but I find every time I go back, I find something new. And the trip being like three, three and a half, four days, it's never long enough to do what you need to do. But I, I don't know. I've had people go over and, you know, they get a couple of days on each side and they still say that they find stuff to do. And the, the trip, you know, moves from football to food or football to beer, or football yeah. to like leaving to go somewhere else or doing something different. Um, but yeah, it never gets old. I can certainly say that. And again, what I would say to people is, is especially as an Irishman. So if we got now again, you you might be able to give me the cost on it because I've never uh, committed to it myself properly. I've I've been over once. But for you to get tickets to Wembley uh, or to get season tickets, to buy a hotel in London every time, to get public transport in London, which is just insanity, the price of food and beer and everything else. If you lump all of that in together for one of those Wembley or Tottenham games. You wouldn't be shy off the trip or a lot like a lot, let's just maybe that's an exaggeration, but a ton of cash. And instead of spending it on that and if you're not banking on the Packers coming to London, well, then why not book a trip to Green Bay instead of blowing all that money? I don't know how you I don't know if you feel the same way or you yeah, have some tallies. I would um, I would like I probably would have gone to one of the London games this year if it wasn't for going to the Packers game. Hmm. Um, um, it probably is. a. It, I'd say it's still a good bit more expensive. But then you see when you go to Green Bay, you're probably going to allow yourself to do a little bit more, like get the stadium upgrade or go on the tours and spend a little bit more in the pro shop. While as when I'm going to London, I'm going for the game. Um, and I know a good few people will fly in and out on the, on the morning of and the evening out of the game or whatever as well. So it, it probably can be done cheaper, but it's nothing like the same experience. I mean, if you were going to do it where you're going to spend two or three days in London flying over from Ireland and spend a few quid on different merchants and so on, and your cost, I would be 100% saying, no, book a trip, go to Green Bay over over going to a generic uh, NFL game that you're not invested in because it's there's nothing like it. Without a doubt. I just I guess I just don't understand that. And it's the same whole adage of if there was a London team which it's supporters. I think it's it's a unanimous no uh, for most of the people that I talk to. And I'm sure you feel the same. As long as if you're gonna switch from the Packers to like the London you know, like who cares? And again, I guess there's just to shed some light and maybe to round it out. So we watched the game, fantastic. Um had the fifth quarter. It went into overtime and stadium view and off we went. And then the next day it's good to hit the pro shop on the Monday, because as you say, Saturday is just insane. And of course, we had a so there was stuff behind the scenes to have Mark Murphy come down and meet us. Um, and again, he's the president of a multi-billion-dollar company, um, so team. And off he goes, and he was out of the building, so he couldn't meet us. So anyway, he eventually came down. He did other engagements, so he came down um, and chatted to us. And I don't know about I don't know how you felt about that, Rob. I I always like meeting him because I think he's totally non-BS. He's still got that Irish streak of say it how it is, um, and all the rest. So it was it was nice for him to be able to give us some insights that you don't get. Uh, anywhere else and the media will spin you a certain thing especially in the states and um, whereas we were to hear from the horse's mouth and I, I just find him very enlightening every time i talk to him yeah he's definitely a man he's one of those guys you'd love to get into like you'd love to be able to say to him can we get you to sit down mm. here's you know coffee whatever can we ask you you know 150 yeah. questions in the next hour <laughs> you know i because i i don't think he'd stop giving you the information no. he was so open and forthcoming and like it was lovely even afterwards he he made a beeline for yourself afterwards to say hi steve thanks for setting this up and um he made sure he shook hands with everyone when he came out he said hello to everybody the word for him. he was a lovely warm man lovely way to to end the trip i have to say and it, like it wasn't going to make or break the trip but it was certainly a lovely way to finish it because 
he may like I don't know whether it's a good president, uh, whether it's of a company or of a country, can do the same. They kind of mm. they do make you feel a little bit warmer about what you've just experienced or whatever. It was really cool to see him. Yeah, because one thing that struck me from doing the Jason Wilde podcast, and again, if anyone listens to the Mark Murphy podcast, you can go back and, and listen to him because I do go into some sort of evergreen stuff talking about his career and how he ended up where he did. But one thing about the Jason Wilde thing was is that how much information that these guys have that we don't have, that we assume yeah. we know, that we don't know. And it's kind of, mm-hmm. it must be funny for them, Rob, you know, to, yeah, absolutely. to look at us and, well, not us specifically, but more so people in the media. Because again, there wasn't, wasn't there that trope of like, he doesn't know what he's talking about, he's not a football guy. And then they forget that he was a safety for the Redskins, yeah. uh, represented the players for, uh, you know, the whole contract negotiations and all the rest. This guy has a deeper knowledge than like most um, and it's just I find that really funny and he must look at us and because one of the things we asked him right was about the London games how that because that's what I said to him can you explain to us how it works now he said it on the podcast but I even saw a tweet um, this week it was like two days ago where someone was like oh yeah well the Packers don't care about coming over because of blah 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 and you're yeah. like oh, we heard it from the horses about exactly why they haven't come yeah. over and the challenges there you know there was even another lovely minute from him as well when it was um, I think yourself myself and a couple of others had asked him about uh, Matt Lafleur joining and what way the communication works so someone else asked him about the communication works between Matt and Brian Goodikins and himself and whatever um, but he broke down that like he, he he broke down the way that he now looked at they had to change from the way it was operating under Mike McCarthy mm. they had to change the whole dynamic but he broke it down in two or three sentences and I kind of went back on well it actually makes perfect sense now I know we've had such a great start as you know to the season that you forget that they've broken down all the old structures, built up new ones. Mm. And he did it because it's the way that it's all operating now. They've reacted to the way every other team is behaving or all the good successful teams are behaving. But he just broke it down in such simple terms that kind of went, actually, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So you can see why he's running a multi-billion dollar company because he doesn't use, you know, 10 sentences when two will do. Yeah. And a simple way of making something seem simple if that makes sense to, the, to anyone listening unlike us rob we've explained a trip over to the states that took three days and it's nearly an hour now <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that but i no, don't know what i mean to say as well just the the, the highlight i had uh, one thing again just symptomatic of the people of green bay and wisconsin was the young man that i met outside the stadium i know um i was, I was telling you about him oh yeah the, yeah yeah the young man in the wheelchair um Jacob was his name. And I'm not sure of his age. He was maybe eight, between the ages of eight and twelve, I would say. And his mum and his grandmom were there, and they were hanging out watching for the players. I, I was, I managed to meet uh, John Gruden, got a high five off him, hmm. and uh, then went around because I stayed on very late in the stadium just to try and soak in as much atmosphere as I could. And when I came around the corner, I didn't realise that I was coming over to. Packers players would be leaving and Aaron Rodgers and Bakhtiari and Mason Crosby were all outstanding having a chat and then Aaron Jones came out and he signed a few things for people and um, that was another thing actually we did the autograph thing on the Saturday which was very good as well but um, after Aaron Jones had been and gone a lot of the crowd which was only maybe 30 or 40 people had scattered away so there was 5 or 6 people standing there and I was just standing having a look around enjoying where it was and turned around and uh, Mike Petten was standing behind me and so I just (laughs) threw my Ireland scarf in under the in between the rails and said, Would you mind saying because and he was obviously again fascinated that we'd come over from Ireland. Yeah. So with that after that I got speaking to this young man in the wheelchair and his mum and his grandmum were so nice. He didn't have great speech. Um so we got down and we were chatting and whatever. But then Matt LeFleur came out and Matt's wife came over to the 
railings and asked, there was only five or six people there, did anyone that signed? So I actually had given this young Jacob my scarf and then took it back off him and said, I'm going to get Matt to sign it for you. Yeah. So Matt took a few things, unfurled the scarf, signed it underneath where Mike Petten had signed it. His wife brought it back over. I would then down Chet and Jacob, giving him the scarf, wrapping it around him. Uh, and when I think about it now, the poor scarf was probably had a couple of beers spilled on it as well. <laughs> but with that, Matt Lafleur looked over and uh, he was standing talking to, I don't know, it looked like there was about maybe 10 or 15 people he was holding court with. But he just broke away from them all and came over and uh, spoke and got down in his hunkers and spoke to Jacob and his mum and grandmum through the fence and signed the wheelchair that they had asked him to sign. And he was just so nice. And that was a lovely few minutes for myself to see at the end of the trip, you know, having come all the way over. Um, just, again, meet two, three lovely people, Jacob and his mum and his grandmum, and then to see the way Matt Lafleur reacted to them as well. Um, it was lovely. That was a really good end to what was an amazing day on the Sunday. And it goes to show as well, Rob, like, I mean, ever in a million years, could you even invent that story? You know what I mean? Could oh. you imagine that happening before you went? No, not a fear of it. And like, I have, he signed my Aaron Rodgers jersey. Um, and it's one I want to put in a frame. And uh, corny as this is going to sound. But I don't want to put it in the frame because is the Green Bay head coach. But it was because of the few minutes that kind of wrapped around that experience of getting mm. assigned. Yeah. And that was kind of everything that was the trip for myself. Like everything was encapsulated in those few minutes there. The friendliness of the people, the warmth of the, uh, the, local, the locals, and then just the way that the team seems to be part of the community as well, that they didn't seem above reproach to come over and have a chat with people at the fence and sign what they needed to sign. But when they saw something particularly special they recognized it and came over and um you know just embraced what they could see around them it was lovely well they got look i don't think we can say anymore uh, i think that sort of encapsulates exactly what the whole trip was about um you know meeting new people having new experiences being blindsided by stuff that you wouldn't have even expected you know you kind of see the itinerary and you go you know great dinner before head out get the autograph session yeah. on the saturday game and that's it but then it's a little bits in between that you do be yeah. shocked by. We haven't even gone on about how overwhelming the pro shop is, but I think with the length of this episode and by how in-depth <laughs> it was, I think this nearly needs to be warranted as being the, you know, 2019 trip special to sort of recap exactly <laughs> what we did. And especially coming from your perspective, I think whatever about me waffling on, I think to come from your perspective and how you felt about it um, was great. And for all of the Americans who like her Irish brogue, uh, there's a bit of brogues in there for you as well. Which I do feel like I've left out quite a lot, I will say as well. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, I feel like I, you know, I could have a, a billion other questions that I want to sort of pick your brain on. But again, um, if if anyone likes uh, the sound of Rob's voice, Rob, where can people get you online? Are you a big social media buff? Uh, I not really know to be honest with you. I don't even know what my Twitter name is. There you go. I mean, this is how pure Rob is on this thing. He's not even <laughs> in it for self-promotion. Um, yeah. But if you like his brogue, maybe, Rob, you can come on and we can break down some analysis on a couple of these podcasts and do some pre- and post-game analysis. How does that sound? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love it. If there's uh, any chance to get to talk about the Packers, we'll do so. There you go. So if anyone wants to hear people now, for some Americans, we sound the same, but you can just pretend it's me doing a podcast <laughs> on my own. And we won't even reveal that the reason uh, you know, Rob doesn't have social media is because me and Rob 
are the same person and it's just me doing a funny voice um, so I guess uh, that's going to wrap up uh, yeah the, the episode let's say um, and I'll get on to other stuff later in the week we'll be there with quick snaps and Peter will be back in the podcast for your uh, listening pleasure but Mr. Rob Hogan it was great having you on buddy and we'll speak to you soon thanks many for having me on and to all the guys that were on the trip thanks for the hospitality I can't wait to meet you all again go Pat go